0: Yeah. Here we go now, we we'll going now, we we'll going now Give it away, give it away, give it away now Give it away, give it away, give it away now Just give it away Yeah, here we go now, tell me what you really wanna do Come here man Talk to me, talk to me, you look like you can really give it to us do you're talking, the way you try trying to walk for me The way you really try to put it on a guard Doing it like I never did before for me The way you break your back and I break your neck And the way you're trying
1: to put it on the it is DFS MVP divisional round. I'm holding Kushner alongside four for fours director of DFS, TJ Hernandez. And welcome into episode 152. Before we get started, TJ, of course, you're bringing back Buster Rhymes, the man who had a security guard who. I wouldn't say pulled a gun, but showed a gun to my old producer when (laughs) Buster was making too much noise. I tell this story every year, but nice. That's fine. So break your neck.
0: Yeah. um, Buster Rhymes came out with a new album, I think last week or the week before. So I'm always looking for, you know, a little motivation to figure out these songs. So I figured why not bring back some Buster Rhymes Break your neck like you said from his 2001 album Genesis. As always, you could find that on the Spotify playlist. Go to Spotify, search DFS MVP, or look for it in my Twitter.
1: We will be looking for it in your Twitter as well, Mr. Hernandez. So we're going to break down the divisional round. We got the yep. FanDuel two-game two, two game slates, which yeah. is just stupid. And <laughs> yeah. DraftKings four-game main slate, which is yeah. what I'll be playing a whole bunch on. Yeah, and it, uh... Uh, you want to get an edge, 14 bucks for the DFS sub here at 4 for 4.
0: Yeah, uh, you sign up now. You still, We still have all of our projections, all of our uh, DFS tools, ownership projections, and then obviously um, all of the content breakdown. I mean, this week is a little bit weird. Like you said, FanDuel has a two-game main slate. DraftKings has the four-game main slate. So I'll be putting up ownership projections tonight. Um, I still haven't decided how I'm going to break it up uh, if I do – two-game projections for FanDuel and four-game projections for DraftKings, they're obviously going to look very different. So I'm still kind of figuring out how I want to do that. But they will be up tonight um, and then obviously through championship round next week as well. But this is really like the last really fun slate for me. I think uh, four games is kind of that tipping point. Three games, four games, that tipping point where it plays somewhat like a full slate where you're not – Forcing in some crazy dart throws. Next week we go down to two games, so um, kind of excited and kind of bummed about this slate because uh, it just kind of feels like really close to the end now. But uh, this is a good one. I mean, there's a lot of ways to go, so it'll be a uh, it'll be a fun slate still.
1: I mean, it's nice playing the NBA and Major League Baseball and stuff, but mm-hmm. we wait all year for this, so let's do yeah. it. Let's get it. We, this is the last big slate, like you said. If you yeah. want a short slate recap of strategy, mm-hmm. we went through Week Eleven, right?
0: Yeah, Week Eleven in our um, in our theory segment. So you can just go back to the podcast page on Four for Four and just fast forward to the theory segment, and we get really uh, deep into some strategy on. Uh, short slate, so I mean, whether it's like two, three, four games, all of the concepts are, are pretty similar. Just some general lineup building stuff. And then I I put some quick hitters at the beginning of uh, the content this week. So if you go to the site tomorrow and and read the FanDuel or the DraftKings article that Pat James writes, uh, you'll see some quick strategy tips. But uh, I mean, really, especially for that. Um, for that Fanduel slate, if you're playing the main slate on Fanduel, you're going to have to do some crazy things like leaving a ton of salary on the table, just going with some really deep dart throws where I was on the DraftKings slate. four games, you could kind of build more just around uh, game uh, flow narrative. So through this, we're going to go through each game and, and touch on core plays versus contrarian plays. I'll try to distinguish what I mean between uh Contrarian or not depending on on the slate like some of the extreme so i'll i'll try to touch on both of them It's just it's weird that they're doing two different main slates on on the um, site, but I mean, uh to the and, worst. It, with all all transparency, I'll be yeah. playing a lot more DraftKings just because the four game main slate is, is better.
1: I mean, I I don't know what Fanduel's doing between yeah. the customer yeah. service, the crappy pot prize pools, splitting yeah. things up. It's it's very frustrating. I'll just say that right now. Sorry yeah. if any of you work for Fanduel. I think you know that it's it's. It's annoying, man. Uh, they got bought out, I believe, by what, a European company? And I think, you know, when you, and, and I'm serious, I talk about this with the betting guys all the time. It's like they just don't care about customer service. Like, guys are going to come, they're going to play, they're going to spend their money on our site. So, too bad. Uh, I don't get why these prize pools are down, but let's get into the games before I really go off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Rams at Packers, right? Six and a half point favorites, the Packers at home. The total here is 45.5. And the matchup of the weekend, the matchup du jour, Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. What do you got on Adams at nine K and eighty six hundred on DraftKings?
0: Yeah, Devonte Adams is still going to be um, one of my core plays, whether I'm pl- on, on Saturday only. Um, obviously, the the top receiver there on the full slate. Trying to decide between him, Kelsey, and and Tyreek Hill is going to be a big decision point. But uh, Adams is still the top value for me. I mean this. Packers offense in this game really uh, I think the points and the the touches are going to be very concentrated like we've seen all year on the Packers side of the ball Um, it's kind of their big three Devontae Adams Aaron Jones and obviously Aaron Rodgers Uh, and then on the Rams side of the ball uh, it's it's pretty scary to touch really any of them except for Cam Akers but we'll get into that but to, to answer your question um, on Devonte, I mean, first of all, his volume is just unmatched. He's the only wide receiver that finished the year with over thirty percent target share, and that's with missing two full games and and, uh, a lot of a third game. So if you project out his per game target share closer to 33, 35%, which is obviously insane. So that starting point alone just makes you uh, be on him, especially on DraftKings full PPR. He gets a ton of work in the red zone, especially inside the 10 yard line. Uh, But then getting down to the matchup with Jalen Ramsey. um, I mean, both of these guys, you could argue, are the best at their position. We've seen the Packers historically uh, scheme Adams away from number one wide receivers, even in the playoffs. Now, some of that... Um, does go back to, to old coaching regimes. So that doesn't necessarily mean it's it's still going to happen. But we can look at how Devontae has been used this year and kind of glean some insight from that. Almost a third of his snaps this year have come from the slot. He can play anywhere um, on the field and especially on the goal line or in the red zone when they get close. They like to, to line him up inside and, and let him make his way through uh, those crowded coverages near the goal line. So we know that they'll move him around everywhere. If he's on the left or the right side and the outside, Jalen will follow him. But Ramsey's only lined up inside 18% of the time this year. So there isn't any indication that they're going to send Jalen in the middle uh, when Adams is there. And the Rams, as a team, allow 8.1 yards per attempt to wide receivers lined up in the slot. That's the 13th best in the league so they're kind of middle of the pack against slot wide receivers specifically compared to everywhere else where they're top five or even number one um especially on the outside so just with his volume with them moving him around uh the formation i i'm still on adams even at his price tag just because it's going to be so concentrated to
1: him here he's a goal line back and yep, that's it. Exactly. And we see. And is are going to stop everything. And like you yep. said last week, we saw it. DK Metcalf got past him on a broken play. So
0: yeah, sure. Yeah, Good. and yeah, again. And I mean, who, like the the coverage. Anytime anything breaks down, those matchups do go out the window a little bit. I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't the most mobile guy, but he's also not a straight statue. So I mean, if you know, if if uh, if he extends the play a little bit, all that goes out the window too.
1: Yep. He used to be a mobile guy. Uh, Cam yep. Akers is getting a monster workload, 7K mm-hmm. on FanDuel, 5,700 on DraftKings. Aaron yep. Jones, 7,800 and 6,800 on DK. Mm-hmm. And uh, talk about the Packers defense, too. So other core plays, Jones, Akers, Packers.
0: Sure. Uh, on the Saturday only slate, we kind of have a. Uh, I think running back is a little bit ugly in the late game. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that um, just because of of how those offenses are used. So. In the if you're playing Saturday only, I mean, I think you could play. I think I you can play Aaron Jones and Cam Akers together. I mean, they're a, a little bit expensive. Like you said, seventy eight hundred uh seven thousand dollars for Cam Akers, and then sixty eight and fifty seven uh, Jones versus Akers on DraftKings. But they their workloads are probably the most uh secure on on the Saturday only slate. We saw Aaron Jones. That week 16 game, I think people got a little bit nervous. He was on the, the sideline a little bit with a – I believe it was a, a hamstring or a calf or something, and A.J. Dillon had that big game. Came back in week 17 where they were still playing to win, playing to lock up the number one seed. Return to a 70% snap share, 71% of backfield touches. So we still do have the the positive game script for the Packers. Jones does get um, work in the passing game as well and around the goal line. So he is a core play for me uh, on, on either slate. Really, I'm fine using him in any format. And then on the Ram side of the ball, I mean, with Jared Goff's hand injury, with what we saw last week with both um, Goff and Wolford in the game, them just hammering the ball to acres they gave him 30 touches last week in that win over seattle and then going back to uh week 13 cam makers averaged 25 touches per game so if they're going to try to keep this game close uh i assume it's going to be with cam makers uh the uh packers secondary is extremely good so jared goff trying to throw against them i i don't see it being very successful so I like Cam Akers as a core play and then going to the uh, the Packers defense. I mean, I, I mentioned their secondary has been phenomenal, especially on the outside uh, with Alexander and King. And I mentioned Goff's injury. That's really going to play into that game flow, I believe. And then you just have a team that's favored by six and a half on a short slate with the Rams being the only team on the weekend projected to score under 20 points uh, Packers regardless of their high salary. They're going to be a very popular defense, and he should just be playing those big favorites uh, on defense anyway.
1: Mm, I like it. And then Tunyon's got to be in play. He's a red zone target. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Who are the two guys from the Rams at wide receiver? You're tar- I mean, we, we know who they are. And then the, the Rams defense as well. And then get to the yep. dart throws. I mean, Rodgers, Tunyon, Woods, Cup, Rams, Lazard, you got everything down here. Why, and why isn't Mar- uh, Valdez Scantling on here? Marcus Valdez Scantling, just because he likes to drop air yards. Once in a <laughs> while, he catches them. You want to know something real quick going back to that last game, too? I think yep. it was the last game that they played. Like, yeah, it was against the Bears. Val- Valdez Scantling dropped that touchdown, the second pass. You know what yeah, I'm talking man. about. Yes, he, f-
0: and- he has a few, like, I mean, his drop numbers aren't as high as some guys uh, like Judy and obviously but Deontay Johnson, ones. but
1: where his drops come on? Like he's dropped some brutal passes. Well, this year. and Rogers never bounced back from that. Like yeah. he was off to a great start. Valdez Scantling drops. He said, "What what am I doing here?" But anyways, the contrarian plays and dark throws.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. So a lot of these guys, I'm I'm gonna call them contrarian plays throughout the podcast, and you'll see it in the content this week as well. I mean, I'll, especially on a two game slate, but even on the four game slate. No, none of these guys are going to be like sub 10% owned. Um, They're more just guys that, that aren't my core plays that uh, I mean, aren't going to be as highly owned as other players at their position. So Rogers, if we look at the two game slate, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, we'll get to them. They're going to dominate ownership. So Aaron Rodgers won't be nearly as popular as them. And then when we expand out to looking at including Patrick Mahomes, I mean, Rogers probably falls behind all three of those guys in ownership, but we still see the Packers with an implied total over 26. We know Aaron Rodgers is the most efficient quarterback in the league. So it's just when you're stacking this game, um, you're it's going to be uh, a game that people might not game stack as heavily or team stack as heavily as some of the other games just because of the upside of the order other quarterbacks on the slate. But when you do, uh, you're going to be, Wanting to look for ways to be unique. So Robert Tunyon with some of the other big names on the slate at tight end uh, I don't think he'll see massive ownership again. I mean that's all very relative this week but uh, 6,200 he's only priced four hundred dollars less than Mark Andrews on FanDuel so that's really going to play into ownership I just don't think a lot of people are going to see that price discrepancy and be playing Tanyan over Mark Andrews a lot Even when they are playing Aaron Rodgers. He is a lot cheaper on DraftKings at 4200, but Scored in six of his last seven games Uh, the volume isn't anything to write home about. He did have a stretch where he was seen at least five targets per game, but then over the last three games, didn't see more than three targets, but you're really playing on that touchdown upside for Tunyon, uh, in a game where the Packers have a pretty nice total. And then Robert Woods, Cooper cup didn't practice Wednesday. We're recording this 11 a.m. Pacific time Thursday morning. So I haven't seen any practice reports for Thursday yet. Um, but just Robert Woods and Cooper cup, uh, kind of the same analysis if you're going to use them i would use them very sparingly and i would really only be using them to make my packers stacks unique i mentioned that uh green bay is phenomenal on the perimeter but they also allow the fourth fewest yards per attempt to wide receivers uh in the slot so cup and woods both move around uh the formation a ton both get a ton of their targets while they're lined up in the slot but there's there's no matchup that suggests that um they're going to pop on their own so again it just it makes sense to use them in game stacks uh just from a game theory perspective but i'm not going to be overweight on them and then you mentioned uh alan lazard and and why not mvs i mean they're every player in in these fields especially going back to the two game slate um is going to be in play if they're playing any type of reasonable amount of volume for any team or game that you're stacking there and play, but you have to plant your flag somewhere too, right? You're going to have to say, I want to be on this side and not this side. So if I'm looking at the player to pop, that isn't Devonte Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to plant my flag on Lazard over in over the final month of the season. Lazard was the only green Bay wide receiver uh, besides Adams to play at least 70% of the snaps. And then in week um, 17, Marquez Valdez-Scantling played less than 50% of the snaps for the first time all year. Uh, So we see Alan Lazard ascending, MVS um, kind of declining his snap rate, and the Rams don't give up a lot of deep balls. So uh, that really is where MVS strength is. He he kind of pops on one or two plays, whereas Lazard can – do it through a little not i don't want to say like heavy volume but a little bit of volume at the 3900 price tag on DraftKings, and then you hope he he can get a a intermediate or short range touchdown
1: as well let's move on to this this probably gonna be maybe the most popular game you think so with Mm, uh,
0: on i mean on the full i think chiefs will be the most popular okay okay uh just because just because i think uh i mean obviously we get into it all of these guys in this game are going to
1: cannibalize each other's ownership a little bit. Right. Well, let's just talk they about just it. They just match
0: then. up almost perfectly, sure.
1: Yeah, we know we know what the prices are. Just go look at it. Core plays, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, obviously in the mix. Diggs and Beasley, obviously in the mix. I mean, Be- Beasley could have a nice game this week, too, if he's feeling up to it. Uh, sure. Marquise Brown, the volume has been there. The production's been there. Mark Andrews in a decent matchup. So talk about those core plays there. And if you had to choose one, and I mean, there's an $800 difference. Josh Allen's 8,800 on FanDuel. Lamar Jackson's 8,000, but Jackson's $200 more on DraftKings. Like how much does the salary have to do with these two players and your thought process in rostering them?
0: Yep, I, I think it depends a little bit more on the slate. On the four-game slate, we're going to be slightly more um, price-sensitive just because all of we, we have so many more players and teams in play, whereas on the two-game slate, we're really just building around team narratives and, and you're trying to get unique through things like really deep dart throws and, and leaving salary on the table. Uh, so on FanDuel, where they, the big price gap is, um, I'm not necessarily going to be super price sensitive because it is just a two-game slate And I'm just trying to find unique lineup constructions. I'm not building around value a lot. So to answer your question uh, It's more just of an answer of where am I going to plant my flags on the players? um, Around these quarterbacks and how am I going to? uh, Build my teams with them. So on the on the bill side Josh Allen has a deeper set of weapons. So he's going to be even though he does have a ton of rushing upside He's going to be the quarterback in this game that I'm more likely to build really heavy stacks with maybe full game stacks four or five bills on one team in a um, In a lineup on the two-game slate and then Lamar Jackson even on just a two-game slate like he doesn't have reliable weapons beyond uh, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews we just don't see anybody else pop and he accounts for an even bigger percentage of the offense than Josh Allen does with his legs Lamar does so I'm more likely to roll out just a single man stack with Lamar or even a naked Lamar than I am with Josh Allen now going deeper into it the thing that we have to decide is how are we best going to attack the opposing defenses or how are they going to attack the opposing defenses well the the thing we one thing we can look at here both of these teams are really good at limiting the deep ball we see that a lot throughout the the this entire slate um except for the the browns and the chiefs most of these teams have been really good and the the buccaneers have been really good at limiting deep balls like ranked in the top 10 in deep ball completions allowed so it really takes a lot of these big play uh, guys away like marquise brown and like john brown now marquise brown does see a, a huge target share so he's definitely going to be in play but if i'm splitting hairs or if i'm playing single entry and planting my flag I'm going to be Mark Andrews over Marquise Brown in my Lamar Jackson lineups. And then on the Bill side of it, uh, Josh Allen throws to Stephon Diggs, throws to Cole Beasley a ton in the short and intermediate range. Obviously, Cole Beasley on the interior, and he's going to be a core play everywhere for me because he's so cheap. And if you're playing Allen, I, I just don't know how you play any Allen lineups without Diggs, I, I don't think the way to get unique is to just to fade Stefan Diggs. Now, if you're playing 150 lineups, maybe if you're playing three max or five max, I, I don't think that's the way to do it. I think the way to do it is to start with those guys and then build around them. But um, I'm just I'm going to be more willing to to build deep with um, with Josh Allen and more likely to build skinny with Lamar.
1: So the other thing I'm looking at with Mm -hmm. the Baltimore defense here, they do struggle against tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. Yep. Yep. So like TJ, you talk about a dart throw and I know you got Gabriel Davis, like Mm -hmm. a super dart throw from a hundred feet would be TJ Yeldon since he just got called up. But maybe Singletary is your guy here at 5,700 and 4,500 on DK.
0: Yeah. And, and one thing that, that plays into exactly what you're talking about. Um, uh, Marcel Louise Jacquet, one of the, the ESPN Buffalo writers, uh, he, he noted this morning that Ravens blitz more than any team in the league, 263 blitzes this year, Josh Allen, Saw more blitzes than any quarterback in the NFL. Led in touchdown passes against the blitz. Uh, led in first downs against the blitz. Passing yards and completions of twenty-plus yards against the blitz. Uh, so I think a lot of that probably plays into it. Those those, uh, those quicker reads against the blitz that makes sense. Quarter uh, ready backs and tight ends. But uh, if that's kind of the reason why I do like a Dawson Knox and a Devin Singletary uh, over uh, a John Brown here, just because. Josh Allen is going to face a lot of blitzes. The um, the Ravens are going to limit those deep balls. But, I mean, Devin Singletary, I, I want to get into him a little bit. He's really interesting because he's 5700 on Fandle, so he's kind of close uh, to, to J.K. Dobbins, $800 less on Fandle, um, and then similarly priced to Leonard Fournette, who we'll get into later. So I think on the full slate on Fandle, all of those guys can kind of be um, – they might cannibalize each other's ownership a little bit. And then if CH is healthy, that plays into it as well. On the full slate at 4,500 with Zach Moss out on DraftKings, um, I think he will be a lot more popular, chalky even. But, I mean, there's obviously downside concerns with Devin Singletary, right? The uh, So much of the Buffalo offense is through Josh Allen, whether it be his legs or through the passing game. Uh, but with Zach Moss out this year, Singletary averaged 17 touches per game, and he had a 21-touch game in week 13 after uh, Moss fumbled on the first drive. So the reason I I don't list Singletary as a core play is just kind of because I don't want to be overweight on mm-hmm. him. Um, there's just so much risk with him because of how this offense works. And then kind of similar thing with J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins is – close to a uh touch share with gus edwards and lamar jackson just snipes so much of his upside that i'm very hesitant to to put him in as a core play now obviously if you're building lineups you have to find some value right and and you have to save some uh some salary somewhere and these guys are so cheap that you can do that but just going through this whole slate the way it plays out after uh cam Akers, aaron, uh, aaron jones especially on Saturday, but getting into it even later, um, like maybe Alvin Kamara, like there isn't just a a ton of slam dunk uh, running back uh, um, volume outside of or upside outside of those three guys. So I kind of do think it is going to be a wide receiver in the flex heavy slate.
1: Hmm. Very interesting. Anybody else here want to talk about? Uh,
0: yeah, you did mention Gabe Davis. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was barely on the field for half of of Buffalo snaps last week. It was really the first time since very early in the season that we saw. John Brown, Gabe Davis, and Cole Beasley on the field together. So it was pretty tough to uh, project how that was going to play out. A lot of people were uh, expecting Isaiah McKenzie to get a little bit more work because John Brown and Stephon Diggs will be working primarily on the outside with um, with Isaiah McKenzie being the fourth wide receiver, the other slot opposite of Cole Beasley. That's not how it played out. Uh, Gabriel Davis actually played um, all of the wide receiver four snaps. Isaiah McKenzie didn't play any now isaiah mckenzie was injured and in, in practice last week it go went into the game with no injury designation um, but it, it's hard to uh, project if that went into it but we have one data point and it said that gabriel davis was the wide receiver four so if you are building really deep uh with buffalo and going with a full game stack like i suggested that deep average depth of target and those um, him being the only other wide receiver getting snaps last week suggests that he's the one to look to.
1: All right, let's get to the one you think is going to be chalk and the more I think about yeah. it. But here's the deal. Like, how do you fit Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey in? And I'm telling you right now, the only way to do it is on FanDuel. If you want to have a shot at doing yeah. this.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you can. I, I just – people are going to find ways to fit all three, but so many people are going to play Mahomes with – Either one of them, and then in lineups where they aren't playing at home, still finding Hill and Kelsey. So I think Hill and K- Kelsey again. I haven't ran numbers um, yet, but they will probably be the highest owned players at their position. I mean the the gap between the the projections and the field on. The team or these guys, is it's just extraordinary. The, the Chiefs are the only team with an implied point total over 30. But th- it's 33, and no other team is above 27.5. So their implied point total is almost a full touchdown over any other team. If we look at the Sunday only slate, Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback projected for over 20 points. He has a 25-point projection on uh on Fanduel, no other quarterback over 18 so his point projection is is a 40 42 percent higher than any other quarterback i know we don't talk about raw projections a lot on this podcast especially when it comes to gpp but when you have that big of a gap in um projection whether it be points or fantasy points it's just going to to drive ownership up and it's really hard to get away from those guys so the thing that we're going to be thinking about isn't necessarily um trying to dr- jam all of them in but uh just how you're going to get unique around those guys so the core plays are those three with Jarvis Landry on the other side is really the only like solid salary saver that you can rely on in this game on the chief side. Everything is so concentrated to to Hill and Kelsey uh, that their other pass catchers, even their running backs, which we'll get into shortly, aren't reliable in terms of making them a core play. And then on the Brown side, the range of outcomes and their projections are, are so fragile and so volatile because if this game flow does go as planned, if Chiefs do their are they're favored by 10 points, do get um, ahead by a lot. Their backfield is is a mess, obviously. If uh, if they play from behind, that's more of a Kareem Hunt game script. But Nick Chubb still gets involved. And then we saw last week it was a Nick Chubb game flow, but then Kareem Hunt stole the touchdowns. So that's very hard to project. And then the pass catchers after Jarvis Landry are just very volatile. So he's really the only player that I, I'm confident in his uh, projection. And he's 6,900 off I field like Landry for, a lot. Yeah, I'll yeah. Just, you yeah. like who? Landry. Oh That's, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's he's one of those few again. Like outside of, I I talked about where we're going to save salary on this slate. I'm not overly confident in Devin Singletary or J.K. Dobbins, Cole Beasley, 4900 4, Jarvis Landry, sixty nine hundred, fifty six hundred. Uh, those are spots where instead of looking for the running backs, and why I think it's going to play out as a, a wide receiver in the flex slate, especially on DraftKings. I'm much more comfortable saving salary with those guys than um, running backs who lose a lot of touchdown equity, equity to their quarterbacks.
1: Okay. So let's keep going here with these guys. Baker in a tough game script. I, I, I want to bring this up because I think it's very important. I read an article on Honda, uh, the athletic mm-hmm. and it said is controlling the clock the way to beat the Chiefs, and basically after some great analysis, it's absolutely not the way to do it. Not no. so, yeah. People that are going into this saying, "Well, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they're gonna they're gonna milk the clock." Well, if they're gonna milk the clock, they better score seven on every single possession because the Chiefs it's just quick strike. Like, yeah, and, I, I don't think look at their losses. I don't think they're gonna
0: milk the clock, I think you have to understand like how the game flows most likely to play out, and if it is, they're gonna need. Um, they're going to need a couple things to break their way. They're probably going to need to turn over deep in the Chiefs' territory. They mm-hmm. might need a defensive or special teams touchdown. Um, and if the game flows going that way, th- th- Nick Chubb isn't a good play because they're going to move the clock. He's a good play because if this game is close, it's because the Chiefs are scoring a lot and a couple of things have broken their way, and and Chubb's scoring is part of that. Um, so I mean, you can you can make the argument that both guys are really in play here, but I actually like betting on on the Chubb touchdown variants if Ooh. they are keeping it close in a high scoring game and the kareem hunt he'll be involved if they get um behind by a lot i mean in that situation they're probably throwing to a lot of their receivers really in catch-up mode so i actually like nick chubb more than kareem hunt in this game but not necessarily because they're trying to melt the clock because if they keep it close um against a Chiefs defense that is exploitable through the air that touchdown variance is breaking Nick Chubb's way. So I actually think one of the better contrarian plays of the week is stacking heavily on, or maybe not heavily, but a, a Brown stack and bringing it back with Chiefs rather than Uh, a Mahomes stack and then bringing it back with Browns I think a lot of people are going to do that and there is a lot of evidence that stacking against the Chiefs has been very profitable over we saw some some huge games for against them down the stretch and then if we go all the way back to week nine the Chiefs have allowed 24.1 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks no team over the course of the entire season allowed 24 points per game. So if we extrapolate that second half, they would have been the worst fantasy defense against quarterbacks. So obviously Baker Mayfield's going to be very much in play. And we already talked about Jarvis Landry. I want to uh, include Rashard Higgins as a, um, as a contrarian player there and, uh, and then Austin Hooper, he had an 11-target game last week, so he's a huge leverage playoff of Travis Kelsey. If you decide to go that way, the Chiefs allow the fourth-most schedule adjusted points allowed to tight ends. Uh, they allow a lot of deep balls, which plays into the Higgins narrative. So I'm really into being contrarian with the Baker-Mayfield side of this game.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, you mentioned Hardman. Probably that not doesn't mean I that. think they're going to win. Well, a lot think- of people do. Uh, for yeah. some reason, Chiefs fans are worried about this. Uh, there are a lot of betters that are on the Cleveland but, side with the money line. I don't get it. If if the Chiefs, if the Chiefs, if say they don't cover, if they win
0: thirty-five to thirty, mm-hmm. but none of their players go nuclear, if Tyreek scores once, Kelsey scores once, uh, one of their running backs scores and uh, and Mahomes doesn't go completely bonkers. Like, they could put 35 points up without any player going completely nuclear, but you're on the brown side of it. You're probably in a very good position.
1: I like what, what you're selling here, buddy. Anything else from this game or are we set? Like um, Love Bell? I
0: mean, the, the, the deep throw on the Chiefs side of it I think has to be uh, – micole hardman just because again we haven't seen thursday practice reports as of this recording but sammy Watkins didn't practice on wednesday um over the final month this season even with playing fewer than 40 percent of the snaps micole is still third on the team in targets and air yards obviously behind um hill and kelsey so if he gets even a little window of playing more snaps um that can be huge to be different in that game and probably the way to get a little bit contrarian when you are playing, especially on in your Mahomes stacks. Uh, and then the Chiefs running back. Now we have Ceh limited in practice. Um, he saw a decent workload before his injury uh, right around like that 15 touch mark. Uh, when he was active in the final month before getting hurt. So if he ends up being active, he's kind of in that JK Dobbins, Devin Singletary price range. Um, he can muddy up the ownership a little bit too. I mean, we've we've been burned so many times with the Chiefs running backs, but uh, if he is active and he's back to that fit, like you can't ignore 15 touches in this offense with such a high projection, um, I'm probably using him more again like as a leverage play just because i think it's like singletary um and then depending on on the bucks ownership uh it, that could those guys could be an, end up being a lot more popular than the questions around the chiefs uh running backs but uh i i don't know that i'll be using ch necessarily in heavy chief stacks
1: our last game here mm-hmm. some were calling at the dust bowl because they're dusty I am not. I am not calling him. Tom Brady's on a roll. Yep. He struggled both times against the Saints defense. The Saints are three-point favorites at home. The total's is 51 and a half. I think it's pretty simple here. Like, if Tom Brady gets pressured like he did in the first two meetings, it's going to be ugly. But yep. it seems as though over the last seven or eight weeks, the offensive sure. line has performed better since that, that ugly week nine loss. I think it was week nine. Yep. Um, But I'm concerned, TJ. I mean, the Saints blitz, the sixth highest rate, almost 26%. But Tampa Bay has been very efficient lately. What are you, before you even get into the plays, like how do you see this thing playing out? How are you predicting game script? I kind of think the Saints are going to roll. Roll? Yeah. I think the Chiefs are going to roll. You think the Saints are going to roll. Chiefs never cover, by the way. Chiefs never cover. They don't. They haven't covered in like five or six weeks. No, I know. Maybe more than that. It's amazing.
0: Um, I I don't think they've won by more than a touchdown since week nine. No, the Chiefs. Um, but I mean the we just the New Orleans defense is playing so well from a fantasy perspective. Um, they're they're the only team that ended the season ranked in the top five in schedule, just points to every skill position. Uh, they're just they have the ability to to take away, especially in this matchup. Uh, the Um, Buccaneers' best wide receiver in Mike Evans. Mike Evans really struggled against uh, Marshawn Lattimore over the past couple years. We saw last week against a very, um, very good, similarly good pass rush, um, as as Hayden Winks of Roto-World noted, that the Buccaneers were forced to leave Gronk in to, to block and chip block a lot. He ran less than 20 routes. Um, so you get to take away two of their best pass catchers and then the Saints, they're not a defense that has to load the box to stop the run. They could kind of play their base defense and they're still very good uh, against the run because of their pass rush, because they can have Marshawn Lattimore taking away a player like Mike Evans. Uh, and the counter to the Buccaneers um Hot run down the stretch is that they've been playing uh, a lot of cupcake defenses now I know that wasn't I know they dropped 30 on a pretty good Washington defense last week, but that's still not a a very good overall Washington team Uh, this Saints team they we really haven't seen especially on the offensive side of the ball the saints at full strength all year last week was only the second time since week one uh, actually the first time since week one the second time all year that kamara thomas and drew Brees were all on the field for a full complement of snaps so uh that was i mean that wasn't even them really at full strength that was more them getting used to playing with each other again and we saw it a little bit michael thomas tied with jared cook and deontay harris for seven targets against this uh, Buccaneer secondary, I, I think we get back to the Michael Thomas show. So there's so many questions on on the Buck side of the ball. Like they are a very good offense, even if we expect them to have a good game they don't have a concentrated offense at all they spread the ball around um if if rojo who practiced today if if he uh ends up playing especially with the injury tag that muddies up the backfield even more so it's really hard to look at the buccaneers side and say that we have any core guys we obviously can can play a lot of them in game stacks but the only players that i'm really looking to as core plays in this game are alvin kamara and michael thomas
1: Ooh. Okay. Okay. Well, we got to figure out the wide receivers on the other side. Then Chris yep. Godwin dropped five balls last week. Antonio Brown is getting, I mean, he's getting massive work here. Yep. Um, so start with those two guys and why, oh, I mean, Mike Evans is the touchdown guy and last week he was supposed to be limited and he still got double digit targets.
0: Yeah. Um, again, it goes back to kind of what we were talking about um, earlier where when you were asking about Lazard or um, MVS, like, obviously anybody that's getting significant snaps on an offense that you want to target is going to be in play, but we also have to plan our flag. So going back to uh, the note that uh, I mentioned uh, from from Hayden on his Rutter World write-up, Marshawn Lattimore on Mike Evans and Gronk being used in pass protection is just really going to limit their upside. So we're not going to find a very good matchup Against this tough defense, but it's just where are they're not? Um, wh- where are players going to avoid the toughest matchup? And Chris Godwin stands out as that guy with Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski in some pretty bad spots. And then naturally, uh, you're going to give Antonio Bruce, Antonio Brown, a little boost um, with Mike Evans getting the Marshawn Lattimore treatment. Brown not getting as many snaps or routes. As Godwin or um or Mike Evans, but again, he just because of that that shadow coverage, I give uh, Brown a boost. But the player that I'm I am most likely to be rolling out in Tom Brady stacks or bring backs in Buccaneer stacks is Chris Godwin.
1: All right. Godwin bouncing back from five drops. I'm with you on that. Uh Drew Brees, Emmanuel yep. Sanders, Jared Cook, Deontay Harris. Like, was that a one-week fling? I think it was one week fling. Yeah, I hope so. Um, Yeah,
0: Drew Brees, he's naturally going to fall behind uh, ownership, obviously, on Patrick Mahomes, maybe behind Baker Mayfield if that catches a little bit of steam. And then on the full slate, I mean, it's obviously, like we said, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, um, Patrick Mahomes, maybe Aaron Rodgers ahead of Brees. So, I mean, Brees isn't going to be... If I had to ballpark it, I would say maybe 20% on the full, full slate, which is relatively low. So against a oh. Tampa Bay uh, defense that has really struggled against quarterbacks and wide receivers, you're obviously going to at least consider having Drew Brees in play. Uh, he hasn't been like bad. He hasn't had huge fantasy games since his injury. He has two games of 20 points, but he has uh, two three-touchdown games and one 300-yard game since coming back he just hasn't done them in the same game together bucks 30th ranked defense against quarterbacks in terms of the schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed so it, this could be the game where if the saints approach their 27 point implied point total uh, a lot of it comes through the air 75 percent of touchdowns against the buccaneers this year have come through the air Uh, if I'm looking to get contrarian, Jared cook had huge touchdown expectation down the stretch. Obviously that was with Michael Thomas out. So I think he's a a somewhat obvious unique play just because, um, the, the two guys that are going to dominate ownership on the slate are Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. So getting unique at tight end, um, is a good way to go. And again, if, if you aren't super confident in running backs, tight end in the flexes, um, a, a play that works on these short slates. And then going back to uh, the the receiver to pair him with, I mean, we saw Deontay Harris get seven targets last week, matched uh, Michael Thomas, but uh, he he only ran, I think, uh, twelve routes or something like that. So, like his target to to snap or target to route ratio was through the roof. Emmanuel Sanders was still. Uh, on the field for most of the plays and one thing that i really like about emmanuel sanders is he ran more uh routes from the slot than michael thomas last week one of the best ways to attack tampa bay is against sean murphy bunting their slot cornerback who is allowing the third most yards per target to any cornerback uh of any quarterback that isn't on the browns so that's a really good matchup there uh and then the Saints defense, I already talked about how uh, much I like them. I think they're a really nice play off of the big favorites who I think will be the chalky defenses.
1: Ronald Jones, my friend. Mm. I think he's going to be okay this week. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing from Arians earlier in the week. If not, Fournette's the guy, and you don't even bother with Kishon Vaughn. What a disaster.
0: Yeah, if, um, if Ronald Jones doesn't play – Leonard Fournette is a really good value because of his salary. Um, And then if Jones is active, I don't see him having a huge game against this defense. I'm more using him um, in lineups that, build around a a buccaneers win i mean you're gonna need some you're basically gonna need some touchdown variants to go ronald jones way but he's gonna be very far from a core play for me and some of the other guys that i mentioned i'm gonna have uh ranked way higher in terms of of uh, my gpp ownership so i mean that's a situation we still have to watch to see how it plays out but i'm not going to be too excited about either tampa bay running back in this
1: game Join the club. That was a great breakdown. Enjoy these four games. Mm-hmm. Like they're the last, because it's the last four games slate, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah. <next> but <laughs> week we're down to a two game slate.
1: So just real quick before we get out of here, your um what's your breakdown here on playing two game slates compared to four game slates at uh, the four game slate. We have more money in the two game slates or the four game slate.
0: No, I'll be playing um, a lot more DraftKings this week, just because yeah. I like, I like the four game slate. Um, I just like larger slates. I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I'm Fanduel only has one uh, game with a price pool over $100,000 on the full slate, which is a little disappointing. Uh, so I'll definitely be playing a lot more four-game slates this week. So, right. um, so most likely, again, I, I still have to see how this plays out. I'll probably end up breaking ownership up um, differently for the two sites. So if you are a four four-for-four sub, check that out um if you guys really hate that let me know and, and i probably think about switching it up but it just kind of it's kind of a pain in the ass and a conundrum so I'll I'll post it and make it as clear as possible when next tonight.
1: week is our last show of the season that's correct all right we almost made it through another one i'm looking forward <laughs> to the next one too i'm i'm not ready for football to end this year i, can, I can't can't get enough it. of it let's go let's go let's xfl here we come all right buddy all right. take us out
0: yeah if you guys still want uh Some more of our insight. You can catch us on Twitter. uh, Holden's at Holden Radio. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Of course, 444 is at 444 Football. If you still haven't signed up uh, for for 444, you could get the DFS sub. It's only $14. No promo code or coupon code required. It'll give you a nice little sneak peek into what you could get going into next season. Uh, and that is about it. We will talk to you guys next week for the final episode of the season. We come right through, we come right through. We be always going the spot again and again to make us really want to stop. Better tell your crew, your peeps, so much better put their troops on. And gather up your soldiers, you know you better keep your boots on. When my in the place, wave your hands high now. And the way we put it down, make us wonder what he really going to try now.
1: What you really want to do, just place your back and put the money with your mouth is. my in the street, just break your neck